welcome to the Vancouver Tech Podcast. We're your hosts, Lauren Bates and Drew O'Grizzik. And we're here with our special guest, Charlene Tessier, founder of Strength in Numbers. Thanks for joining us, Charlene. Thank you, Drew. Thank you for inviting me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about Strength in Numbers as well as the upcoming uh, virtual summit? Sure. I'm Charlene and I'm from Vancouver originally. And a few years ago, I actually moved to uh, Germany for personal reasons. And I currently live just outside of Berlin. And I have been doing a lot of crypto accounting and bookkeeping in uh, Vancouver. And when I came here uh, to Germany, I moved my business completely online. And it was kind of a struggle, honestly, because I was mostly connected into the Vancouver scene through meetups and through running events and just being on the ground in person. And moving completely online was a huge shift that was much harder than I anticipated. Um, and and then uh, shortly after, not, not that long after, I guess COVID hit and uh, a friend of mine recommended that to grow my network and to accelerate my business, I should try to run a virtual summit. And so in April, I did run a virtual summit <laughs> in two weeks. I put it together and ran it. And it was actually quite a great success. And I um, really enjoyed it, actually. And so then now I'm running. Uh, I ran another one in June. Um, and now I'm running another one in October. Um, and it's a free event for online entrepreneurs who want to um, learn about how to grow their business. And um, it's a slightly different format in that the event is completely live. So uh, you don't get recordings. So you got to be there. And um, I decided to kind of reimagine the idea of what a summit could be because most of the time the events are all day or two day two half days which is sort of the traditional format which is what I did run for the first two but for this one I'm going to run it five Fridays for about an hour and a half each session and then three Wednesdays which are um, workshops. Cool. Well you've mentioned a, a lot there and there's a, a ton of things I'd like to talk about but I think the interesting thing for now is you'd already moved. So you'd moved to Germany, but you were maintaining your business relationships and, and your business in Vancouver and struggling a little bit with that. But I guess that COVID may, may actually be helpful in some respects in that, you know, now instead of having in-person meetups and events, everything seems to have shifted online. Has that actually been um, a, a good thing? It was. Of course, when COVID first hit, I, like everybody, I actually like took like a week off to like, just like think like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, nobody know, knew what they're going to do in March. And I was um, especially stressed because I was supposed to be in Vancouver for Easter of April for like over six weeks. And I was planning to, you know, do business meetings and whatnot. And, and then I was like, okay, that's totally toast, obviously. <laughs> um, and, and then um, a friend said, okay, you know, build your list, do, do the online um, summit because you can reach out to people you haven't spoken to in a long time and you have a lot of connections, even, even if they're kind of weak, weak ties. And I said, okay, let's just do it. And then when I did it, it was amazing. I actually had more speakers than I could have. That's why I had the June one because I kind of like filled the roster for, April and then had to put these people into June because I had just too many people, too many people wanting to, to be in a virtual summit. 
I'd never run a virtual summit before. So I sort of had to like, just figure out what would kind of work a bit through trial and error. Although a lot of it, interestingly, was what I learned through my crowd, original crowdfunding startup. So that was kind of, kind of interesting. Um, and COVID in the end for me actually ended up accelerating my business. Um, I've had a lot of growth and I'm just insanely busy and it's just had the opposite effect is what I thought it would be. And I've been able to like, really, my network has just really exploded over this time through, through live virtual events, which I did not expect. It was kind of organic. So that was very nice as well. Sounds very interesting. It seems like you um, may have found a good uh, sort of recipe for recreating that uh, natural growth and uh, community online. Yeah, actually. And it's, it's different, obviously online. I mean, it's not, it's not like going to a meetup. It's, it's just not the same. We have to, has to be more facilitated. It, it has to be organized in a way that people can connect with each other and meet each other just throwing them into a room like I mean even we've been to those networking events where you're just in a room with people and nobody really talks to anybody else they just kind of stay to their little group um, and online in a way with especially with breakout rooms if it's facilitated well you can actually meet more people of the who you're actually seeking much more quickly and I actually had um, attendees said that the sessions I've been running have been better than a meetup and better than most networking events, like in-person networking events they have been to. So that has been just really great feedback for me. So coming back to the, some of the things you said initially, you said, you know, these are live online and not recorded. Does that add to the, the uniqueness of it? Actually, I should clarify that. I do record them, but I don't release the recordings. I don't really release the recordings in that in the traditional sense that, oh, I missed it, so I can just get the recording, or a lot of summits are actually only recorded. So when you go, um, it's just, you're just watching a replay, really, of somebody who's done a very beautiful, perfect presentation, but it's the talking head, so it's not very interesting in that sense. Um, The reason I went with live is because I wanted, it's not a webinar style, so it's, it, has engagement um all the speakers when they when they present uh it's about having a conversation and a discussion around the the topic that they are presenting about um and you know bringing forth different ideas and new ideas with from people that um you would never normally meet because normally i wouldn't meet somebody in boston and on the island in vancouver and um, in even I had people from UK and, and Germany on in, in session, like just that just usually would never happen. And so um, having it live, it just it's not just a talk. It's it's about having these connections that you wouldn't normally have and um, and being able to find actually new partnerships and collaborations through through that. It's just been really amazing. Now, in the past, you've done more of a traditional summit sort of uh, scheduling, but for the upcoming one, you're looking at five Fridays. That's right. So I went with five Fridays, uh, 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Most of the people who are attending are on the East Coast. That's why it's that time. And three Wednesdays, which 
are usually the same thing around 12 o'clock to 1.30 Eastern. Um, so it's kind of a lunch and learn for the Eastern seaboard and breakfast for the Pacific Standard people. Um, and we start the session with networking, which I facilitate with very specific questions that are to warm up the audience for the speaker who is coming. So um, we have a really good sort of really fast rapid fire networking session. And then the presenter will come on and have their uh, little workshop going on. Charlene, can you tell us what kind of live facilitation tools work better online versus in person? The live facilitation tools that have been worked the best uh, for me, I'm using mostly Zoom. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can also use other tools, of course, but I'm going to mostly speak from that experience. Yeah. Um, so the breakout rooms in Zoom have been really quite amazing in terms of being able to facilitate networking, um, having a host who who is sort of not just going to show up and say like, hey, network, but actually facilitates that with seated questions, open-ended questions, and not just the standard, what's your name? What do you do? I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. anybody can look that up really on LinkedIn right away. And finding open-ended questions to help those in the audience essentially seek out partnerships where they could do something together to grow or collaborations. Um, And I think that's kind of the way moving forward, especially for, you know, many startups and small online entrepreneurs, we, we can have, we're just sort of one or two person startups, maybe with some virtual systems or other, others, a few part-time employees, but to scale, right. It's very difficult to scale that way. And if, two or three of us do a collaboration, then we're able to scale much more quickly and much a lot easier, actually. Mm-hmm. As as we've been talking to people who are doing a lot more virtual things online, one of the trends we've been seeing is people saying, I'm making a lot more connections outside of my normal local city. Um, are, are you finding that as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, it's... Um... I'm always surprised, like, like I said, who showed up like in my session, who I would never meet people. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, mm. from UK and some sessions, some people were from um, New York, Boston, Toronto, like all in one session. And I am finding that. And it's been really amazing because they just bring so many different ideas that I wouldn't have had if I just stayed in my locale. Mm-hmm. And in Germany, um, I assume, because <laughs> in Vancouver, we've had some things open up, but um, mostly still a lot of virtual events. How are things over in Germany? Um, it's open. Mm-hmm. It, it is open. We're open for business. Um, I don't know. It's, I'd have to actually check the rule in terms of how many people can congregate mm-hmm. together. I think it has to be less than 10. So... Mm-hmm. I don't think there is that many events, uh, live events going on. Everybody had to move into the virtual space. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately here, because we're really close to the other countries, um, the rules change very rapidly here. Yeah. And it's complicated to, um, I have to like 
check daily. You're supposed to check daily. I mean, who checks the rules daily? But it's a lot lot because we're very close in very close proximity. Right. And if uh, one of the it's already happened, like if uh, if there's an outbreak, then Mm -hmm. that area, not necessarily that province, but there's like a certain radius. I don't even remember what the rule is, but if there's an outbreak in a school, then there's a certain kilometer radius where that entire area locks down immediately. Like, so it can happen to you like tomorrow. If, if there's an outbreak in the school, like next to me, then, then this zone locks down instantly. Everything shuts straight down. So, um, and so that's how they're kind of controlling it. Um, yeah, I'm glad it's, I hope it's not like that in Vancouver (laughs) or in Canada. (laughs) I don't think it's quite as extreme as here. Um, just because it's more densely populated. Yeah, I mean, every country does it different. Um, but uh, hoping to see uh, lots more virtual events, like your virtual summit sounds super exciting. Um, I love the format. Um, is that how you did the June format? No, April and June were b- both Thursday and Friday, um, I think five hours, so half days each. Mm-hmm. Uh, with back-to-back sessions every hour on the hour kind of thing. Um, and I decided to, this one to just experiment and run it in this kind of uh, deconstructed format um, because a friend of mine even, he was the one who actually taught me a lot of interesting things around Zoom, uh, like Zoom tricks and stuff like that. But um, anyways, I'm going off on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> he essentially said, well, why do we have a summit back-to-back five days, like one whole day back-to-back sessions is because physically, usually we were in a physical space and we had to physically be there. So he said, well, why why do we have to have it that way if we're virtual? We can co- totally reimagine it and deconstruct it. Why, why do we have to have it like that? And then I kind of thought, well, that's very true. And then I just had a lot of feedback from the participants saying they were getting a lot of Zoom fatigue because, you know, five hours in a row, that's, that is a lot. And in a, oh, totally. in a physical place, in a physical, yeah, conference, if you just didn't want to see that, you would go into the networking or to the lounge or the whatever, right? But in the virtual space, we, I don't really have that. I'm not on that kind of scale yet anyways. Um, so I decided to like do it in a deconstructed manner um, so that more people could attend the sessions um, and hopefully reduce Zoom fatigue. That's the number one complaint. I hear everybody, you know, Zoom fatigue, Zoom fatigue, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely feeling that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is about uh about what do you think it is that causes zoom fatigue i was kind of thinking that um it might have something to do with a lack of interaction yeah i i do agree with you it's a lack of like that um that's actually this is this is from the guy i, I should actually introduce you to him uh, robbie but it says it's called a lack of a state of change in that when we're on the screen, we need within 10 minutes states of change. So if I'm presenting content after 10 minutes, I have to ask a question or have to move or uh, or do a breakout room. So every 10 minutes, you don't have to do it like, you know, every 10 minutes uh, breakout room, like so many activities, but you have to kind of think about the presentation and that it's just not the same as it is in a physical space, it's, it's different. People are kind of very tied to, you know, look in a very looking at the at the screen, you know, sitting, can't really move around very much. Cause then it's, 
awkward, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that causes fatigue as well as just, yeah, just not enough variety in the time that's spent there and a not, not enough chances for the participants to engage with each other. And finding ways to do that, you have to be more, way more creative in the virtual space. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, so I noticed if we go to strengthinnumbers.business, that's the, um, that's the site for the live virtual events, I can uh, get my free ticket now, which is pretty cool. Uh, what kind of person should be attending this event? Like, I'm focusing on online entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs who have come were mostly operating um events in the physical were operating their business physically right going to meetups physical meetups and stuff like that and now of course shoved into the online space they are not very savvy with sort of online marketing online strategies for growing their business more online and developing their network online and so um, if you're an online business who wants to find some strategies um, to help um develop and grow your business online (laughs) then this is the place for you um and we have some very interesting interesting speakers for sure and work sounds very relevant to today's environment um who are some of the speakers that you have uh we have mitchell levy who is a credibility expert and um he's going to be talking a lot about how to use your credibility as a magnet to attract clients and He's also a LinkedIn expert, so he helps to optimize your actually LinkedIn profile for credibility so you can attract more speaking gigs or, you know, clients as well. Um, Mike Moyer, who is really going to be super interesting for startups who have to bootstrap and they don't have any cash flow. And he has a very interesting um, equity splits model uh, Mm. called Slicing Pie. And... um, He's really amazing. You got to see his talk for sure. Um, Anne Gordon, uh, she is a uh, actually an expert in running physical retreats. And of course, when COVID hit, she was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because she runs all these amazing retreats all over the world, but she couldn't run anymore. So she developed virtual retreats. And so that's going to be kind of interesting to see like, how can you create, you know, that same kind of transformation in a physical retreat in a virtual space so that's she's uh to me that's i don't know just just this kind really of reimagining yeah like reimagining like what can we do it's just kind of yeah. insane yeah and then james lamb is um marketing expert talking about um how to have uh your message heard by your audience as well as for the workshops um Alex Owen Hill, who is uh, um, a a presentation coach. Uh, So especially when you present online, it's it's different than physically. Um, So he actually does a lot of work with presenters. And you you guys may know Chin. Um, He used to be at Spring in Vancouver, and Mm -hmm. now he has his own um, business. And so he's going to be doing a workshop on uh, revenue and growth strategies for your business. And he does a lot of amazing workshops in the marketing space. And 
yeah, he's got a lot of stuff going on. I should also introduce you to him too. <laughs> so it sounds like um, really anybody who's doing business in the current environment, especially I guess for people who maybe are transitioning to dealing with customers virtually, online marketing, things like that, and, and growing your business in a virtual world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very cool. Well, looking at some of the other things that you've done, um, I thought it was really really interesting that you uh, were involved as a, a documentation lead for Ubuntu Vancouver. It was a while back, but... <laughs> I'm surprised you were able to dig that up. Um, that must have been in my link <laughs> down to the bottom. <laughs> I don't actually talk about that all, all that much. Yeah, so I'm... I'm an open source software advocate. Um, I don't publicly declare that, not in a shame or <laughs> anything. But it's um, it's it's uh, I I fell in love with the ethos of it actually a lot, and I still to this day um, completely open source software as much as possible. Um, my system is open source, and so um, yeah, I ended up just wanting to. To be honest, I just wanted to take control of my own computer, mm-hmm. and I was just really sick of Windows crashing and not really working. I didn't want to pay. I didn't really have money at the time for Mac prices, and I discovered um, Ubuntu. I'm I'm on a variant right now. I'm not on that one particularly right now, but and so yeah, and that's why I'm on open source software. That's really funny that you brought it up. That's interesting. But you, you said you kind of <laughs> fell in love with the ethos. So what what was it really about or what is it about open source that um, you find attractive? For me, it's about knowing, like being able to understand your the software that you're using, being able to change it if you want, being, I mean, I'm not really a hardcore developer or a programmer or, or whatnot, I can do a little bit, but it's just being able to know that I can see if there's, you know, people are building back doors or, you know, I can control my data. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, being able to, there is a very interesting documentary on uh, Netflix right now called the um, social, social dilemma. Social I just watched social dilemma. <laughs> yes. And I was like, finally, like, how, how long does it take for them to put out something like that? Like, I was just, I knew most of that of what was going on because I'm involved in the open source uh, community. But I was just, people just don't understand how important it is to actually, you know, know that the tool that you're using is kind of controlled by people who have developed it. Mm-hmm. And if you can't control that, then they will control you. It's, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And so I guess people don't want to admit it, but that's that's the truth of that. So I just really feel that it's very important that software, we as population, understand it, use it. And, you know, for my daughter, she's very young right now. She's just uh, four years old. But, you know, my husband is a developer. Both of us, we are using open source software for us. She has to read and write and she has to code. It's not that she has to be a coder, but she has to understand like what is she using there because it's, it can be a very scary and slippery, <laughs> slippery slope. Oh, absolutely. If you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So for the Strength in Numbers Summit, when does that begin? It's going to be starting on Friday, October the 2nd is the first session. And then every Friday after that for the 
five Fridays, and I know one of those Fridays is Thanksgiving's, but uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. But you guys can still come. <laughs> and then I have uh, three workshops that I'll be running. One, Alex, who is our presenter expert, and Chin, and those workshops will be a lot more uh, hands-on activities. Um, the five uh, day, um, the five Fridays. Sorry will be presentation with Q&A mixed in there. So there's still activities that will be done, but the workshops are really geared to us kind of like really um, achieving a, an outcome at the end of that workshop and having even a takeaway that we can like execute right away in our business. Very cool. And I guess some of the ones that I'm looking at here are talking about the numbers that matter most for your business. That seems like a pretty important one. Uh, create your unique voice of your business and revenue and growth strategies for your business. Seems pretty relevant and uh, I think something that I'd be quite interested in checking out as well. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a great lineup. Yeah, I do hope you come. Yeah, I hope to see you both there. <laughs> we'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh, strengthinnumbers.business. We can click to get our free ticket and that starts October 2nd. It's uh, presentations, I guess, every Friday for a few weeks yeah. and then workshops on the Wednesdays. Yes. Very cool. Well, Charlene Tessier, thank you very much for being on this episode of the Vancouver Tech Podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Charlene. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Vancouver Tech Podcast. Check out our website, vancouvertechpodcast.ca. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Van Tech Podcast. Feel free to leave comments below episodes on our website. Also find us on YVR Dev and Vantech Slack teams at Lauren and at Drew. Special thanks to Same Room for sponsoring us with an integration that allows for cross-messaging channels such as hashtag VanDevs. And thanks to our sponsor, CompSci Academy. Learn software development with master developers from first principles and accelerate your career. Music by Ashell in the Pit from the game Architect.